0: It is UFC Fight Week down here in Miami, UFC 287 uh, at Miami-Dade Arena. We are going to be in the building for that one. We cannot wait. And the voice of the UFC, John Anik. We have spoken about this before with John. It has been spoken into existence. It is happening. John, first of all, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for the time. And uh, how pumped are you that you do not have to uh, stay in hotels or anything like that, that you have a hometown fight you get to call?
1: Oh, it's good to be with you, boys, especially with this Miami backdrop. We have talked about this before, BT, as you well know. And with respect to the entire Sunshine State in which we all reside, we're not talking about Hollywood. We're not talking about Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, where I've called fights. We're talking about Miami, Florida, 20 years in the making. Obviously, we needed the right fight. We needed the presence of the King of Miami, Jorge Masvidal. And, uh... Just a few more sleeps, fellas. I'm excited.
0: I was blown away by this, John, because I was look. I was starting to watch a little bit of the countdown before the show today, and they show the footage of the last time it was here. That that fight was before Dwayne Wade was drafted in that building. Like that's how long it's been. It kind of blew my mind to to think about. It. It's been that long since they have been in the 305. Uh, doing it. Have you like l- looked back and reminiscing it to any of those uh, the, from that card way back in that day?
1: Yeah, I did actually a couple of weeks ago. I did sort of a deep dive, but obviously getting this close with 26, 28 fighters to wrap my head around, I haven't been able to to look back. It is really crazy, though, if you guys do get a chance to go to UFC Fight Pass and look back just at the infancy of this sport, relative infancy, like 20, 25 years ago. It'll blow your minds. I mean, there's footage of judges, right? A fight would end and a judge would stand up with a placard with the name on it as to who he or sh- she thought won. Can you imagine if we did that in the arena right now at the end of the fight? The judge just stands up with a card, liable to get hit with a beer bottle in the middle of his eyes, you know?
0: It's pretty wild. So, John, it was weird talking to, uh, to Jorge before this fight was happening when they, they announced it. I was pretty shocked to hear from him talk about the idea that this could be his last one if he doesn't beat Gilbert Burns. Uh, we haven't really heard Mosfidal talk about that, that like he's picturing maybe that this could be the end uh, are, are you surprised like that all the years that he's been in this that he realizes that you know when he talked to me he said uh, back against the wall that that was the 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 term terminology he's using for this how much do you feel like is on the line for him in this one and
1: and where his career at Well, he's 20 years in the game. I mean, the first time I ever called a mixed martial arts fight in 2009, he was on the card. And, of course, it was his 20th pro fight at that point in time. So I don't have to tell you guys he's been at this a long time. You know, more than 50 professional MMA fights, that says nothing of what he's done in the streets, of course. But there's a lot of miles on his tank. And even though his schedule hasn't been particularly intensive over the last several years... I think he would probably tell you in a quiet room that he is not in his fighting prime as great as this training camp was as much as in theory, this Miami backdrop could help him. You know, this is not a prime Jorge Masvidal. And I think certainly the betting line reflects that, even though I think it's totally out of whack. Yeah, to see that- Gilbert Burns as a five to one favorite, but I will say if George loses this weekend four in a row He's in Miami. As great as his show money is, there's plenty of ways for him to realize financial freedom beyond fighting. I just think it might be a nice way for him to go out, de- de- depending on the fight. But I think he's a live underdog, and I think you're going to get a great performance this weekend. So we'll see what that does for uh, for his future.
0: John, for this upcoming fight with Jorge Masvidal, how do you what do you make of this matchup for for at this point in his career? Is this just a matter of We want Jorge Masvidal to fight in Miami, so we got to make this fight. This has to be the fight. Is this the right fight for Jorge Masvidal? Or would there have been a better matchup that they could have gone? Because UFC is usually pretty perfect when it comes to the matchmaking. But, uh, you know, as the odds say, this one's uh, a little bit of a long shot for him.
1: Well, it's a good question. And the betting line certainly would suggest to you that it's not a particularly good matchup, right? Oftentimes, I will write down what I think the betting line is going to be before I actually take a look. And I thought that Gilbert Burns, just given what he's accomplished, given his grappling with respect to the BJJ black belt, Jorge Masvidal, that Gilbert Burns might be a two or two and a half to one favorite. I didn't expect him to be minus 490. Now, I understand a lot of Masvidal's recent performances are factored into this number, but I think it's way too wide and way too pronounced, and I'm certainly not saying that because he's the king of Miami. Gilbert Burns has huge Floridian support, and I expect Mm -hmm. that those people are going to be heard from Saturday night. You know, as far as putting on the fights that people want to see versus a meritocracy, there are a lot of different masters that the UFC has to serve. I think generally speaking, Dana White and Hunter Campbell and the matchmakers do a pretty good job of getting – the fights that people want to see to fruition. There are certainly other promotions out there that have a tournament format. And when Bellator was launched back in 2009, you know, that was their whole philosophy to set up a tournament and sort of put the matchmaking on the back burner and let a fighter control his or her own destiny. But there's so many different things that go into this. And candidly, fellas, we're back in Miami because of Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. So if he goes out at plus 390 and knocks out Gilbert Doreno Burns and he gets a championship opportunity, I'm not sure how much of the fan base is going to have a problem with it, right? No. He's got to go do that, but, you know, star power can reign supreme, and um, that's just part of the reality in which we live.
0: It is one of the things that I found interesting, though, because, uh, you know, recently after the Leon Usman fight, Dana coming out and saying that Colby's going to get the shot, I found that so strange because we were going to get this fight in a couple of weeks— And I'm sure they would have had a chance to say, oh man, if the fans are going that crazy, Leon has made it known that he would would be very interested in fighting Jorge, obviously because of their backstory. Um, And, you know, with Gilbert, you know, having uh, some fresh blood. So I, I just feel like more dominoes could have fallen in this welterweight division. As you mentioned on Twitter, Bilal Muhammad's killing it right now. What he did to Sean Brady was nuts. So are you surprised that they went so quickly in the direction of saying, nope, this is the direction we're going with the championship fight? And do you think that something could still sway
1: it? I'm not sure that Dana White is going to be talked off of Colby Covington as the number one contender. I think their internal metrics probably suggest that that he can produce the biggest pay-per-view number alongside Leon Edwards – But I certainly think Jorge Masvidal is going to have something to say about that. And unlike Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal and Bilal Muhammad both have embedded history against Leon Edwards. Of course, Masvidal and Edwards get into a a scrap in the back after a Masvidal win. And then the Bilal Muhammad-Leon Edwards fight was a main event that Bilal took on short notice, and it ended with a no contest. So it's unlike Dana to matchmake right after an event. But I think he has a lot of respect for Colby, the way Colby has maybe navigated certain situations behind the scenes that we're not privy to, the fact that he did not only weigh in as a backup in London, but looked damn good in doing so. And, you know, even though Colby and I don't always see eye to eye, I do see him as one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. So I'm a promoter more than I am a journalist. I can probably make a case for all of these guys. But to me, in a meritocracy, it's not Masvidal, it's not Covington, it's not Burns. Bolam Muhammad's the number one contender.
0: Yeah, it's no doubt, especially you know all the criticism I think people took of his style. The, what what he did to Sean Brady was crazy. Like he 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 buzz him, and I think that that stunned a lot of people. And I feel like you know his his reward for that apparently is getting to Shavkat, who's also looking like an absolute monster. So it's weird sometimes, John. And I think this speaks to Leon being the champ now. It's weird how sometimes you know it takes guys the longer ride and maybe that's more satis- you know satisfactory for them but you know you never quite know who gets the tap on the shoulder at the right time but maybe you know uh, that'll make Bilal if he ever becomes champion uh, that much sweeter
1: yeah and it is interesting because we are in an era where a lot of champions will call their shot and Israel Adesanya the former champion who fights Alex Pereira this weekend in Miami dade has long been the guy who has called out the number one contender. He's always calling out the most dangerous guy and wants the most dangerous fight. I think Leon Edwards is probably the most dangerous welterweight in the world right now, and he's the one with the belt, right? But I think he wants to be able to sort of control some of that destiny, and I'm not sure he's going to be afforded that opportunity. Obviously, money talks, but they seem pretty hell-bent on making the fight between Covington and Edwards, so much so, to your point, Tobin, that they kind of undercut Mosvidal and Burns a little bit, who are fighting here in a few days. Um, there are some people at middleweight
0: I, I haven't been able to understand, John. Yoel Romero, I don't understand how that made one eighty-five. Paulo Costa, but Alex Bejeda, I don't understand, John. I don't understand how 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 is he that size? How can he get to that size? Because when he gets in the cage with with Stylebender. He, he he looks like a monster and and it's it's he's like one of the biggest freaks in the sport right now D- does does he have the most impressive body for the weight class that he fights at
1: Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, there have been some physical freaks, and there are a lot of them. Even a guy, Jailton Almeida, who is crossing between light heavyweight and heavyweight right now is an absolute freak. But, yes, Alex Podeda looks so different physically than he did in the first kickboxing meeting between these two athletes. And he cuts a lot of weight. He cuts a lot of weight late in the game. He doesn't sleep dehydrated. He's one of these guys who wakes up morning of and cuts a lot of weight. So sometimes people are kind of – waiting with bated breath to see if he's going to actually make the number. And who knows? I mean, 215, 220 is what he probably walks at the following night, right? 30 pounds heavier than what he weighs in at, you know, 36 hours prior. I'm not sure how long he is for the weight class, you know, given that reality. I think he could move up to light heavyweight as soon as Saturday night, depending on what this result is. But I do think that you will see Alex Padeda as a light heavyweight. And as a contender, I think there's a lot of favorable matchups for him at 205.
0: Before we get you out of here, John, Uh, How many people are hitting you up for tickets this week? It has to be crazy. Like I imagine uh, in your town are people just hitting you up left and right to try and get you kids? Because I think it's going to be a star-studded event in Miami UFC. I know this is a place where people are going to want to be seen. So what is uh, John Anik's phone like this week with people just trying to, to get in last minute?
1: It's wild, man. And I will tell you, it's a lot easier for me to get a ticket in Orlando than it is Miami. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listenership has seen some of the prices of these nosebleeds. And hopefully, if your listenership hasn't seen a UFC live event, as many of you out there that are listening can find a way in the building. I'm trying to get my 11-year-old daughter on the floor Kind of getting the Heisman from the UFC, but hopefully I can get her down. No, we'll see. I just want her within. (laughs) I want to be able to go and see my daughter. She's never experienced a pay-per-view before, so I'm very excited for that. But, yeah, man, I just think that uh, Miami's just different, right? And I say that with all due respect to everywhere else we have been in Florida. I didn't think that this was going to materialize. I started getting wicked pessimistic. And if Moskidall does retire this Saturday night, Thank goodness we got this done because he's going to be 39 in November, and I really think his presence on the card, among other factors, was really the impetus to uh, to check this box for us. You got to John. Listen, if if they're giving this stuff, up,
0: one seat next to DC and Rogan, like let's go. Like just call it, take your child to uh-huh. work day. You know, like it, that's that's got to happen. The, the least they could do for you, man.
1: Hey, of course, my twin brother's calling me. He's like, "Can you at least have her wear something appropriate in Miami Dade Arena on Saturday night?" I feel like I can do, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, we appreciate the time, John. Thank you for always making time for us. We can't wait. Uh, we can't wait to be in the building this weekend. We're looking forward to it, man. Thank you.
1: Thank you, you guys. Can't wait to have you there. Talk soon. There you go,
0: John Anik, voice of the UFC.